Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. It's another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey uh, with you here on the program. And for the second week in a row, we're without Ryan Skaggs. Uh, and so we brought back on Craig Shaver. Craig, uh, you had a great debut last week, and we got a lot of really positive uh, fan interaction from everybody uh, that uh, tuned into the podcast. So uh, a good start. No, no, I, I was I was happy to see the there was quite a bit of friends and family that I know blew up the post on Facebook for me and stuff. So that was kind of nice. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully the, the guys down in or everybody listening down in Southern Idaho, Eastern Idaho, all that kind of enjoyed it as well. So. Yeah. And in case you missed last week's episode, Craig is uh, Ryan's broadcast partner on our North Idaho game night broadcasts, our audio only broadcast going on up there in District One, uh, former uh, standout player in uh, Washington. And now you coach quarterbacks all over in both Washington and Idaho. So you're always watching that game film and uh, a lot of interesting football results to get to here as we uh, bring you everything you need to know about District 1 Athletics. It's what we do each week here on the North Idaho Prep Guest. But before we get into the football stuff, um, I did want to start with a couple of other non-football-related items. Really sad news today that uh, one of the all-time legendary coaches, and he coached in both Washington and Idaho, Donnie Hayes, uh, uh, Donnie Haynes uh, passed away at the age of 91 today, and he was a, a le- legendary coach, uh, went into the Idaho uh, Hall of Fame, in 1994, uh, won multiple championships at multiple schools, started his career in Kellogg in the early 1960s, coached at Moscow, Twin Falls, Centennial, and he, he also coached in Washington for, for a time as well. This was really shocking news that came out today. Yeah, I, I saw the news, but I did not have any previous knowledge of him. I, I saw that, I believe you said Lake City, I think I saw him there. Um, but I know Moscow is one of them, but yeah, that's, that's like, there's been, there's been quite a few losses that we've had with coaches or that kind of stuff recently. So it's, it's always rough. It, that's always a hard, hard thing to deal with. Yeah. It, it was really tough to see uh, coach Haynes actually mentored uh, John Adams, who is currently the boys basketball coach at Coeur d'Alene high. So okay. um, it's always good when you can uh, pass that knowledge along to the younger generation as well. So that was, that was just really tough to see. And that, that news came out, you know, just a couple of hours ago. So we just wanted to start off with that. And, and our thoughts are with his family at this time, certainly. And losing an all-time great is never easy. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, uh, one soccer match that caught my eye and one volleyball match that caught my eye. So this past weekend, Coeur d'Alene Charter is like a soccer juggernaut when it comes to girls soccer, right? Uh, they've won the state title the past couple of seasons. Very rarely do they lose. One of the few times that they've lost in recent years, Craig, was to Freeman High School from Washington back in 2019. And it looked like uh, on Saturday they were playing Freeman again, and it looked like they were on their way to another loss to the Scotties. They they were trailing 3 nothing late in the second half, but they ripped off three goals in the final like 14 minutes of regulation to, to tie the game up, ended up scoring the game-winning goal a little bit later on and uh, scored four goals in the final – 14 minutes of regulation or whatever it was to come back and win four to three. That's just insane. Have you ever seen anything like that? I, so I I don't follow too much soccer. I'm a huge hockey fan. I know there's not any high school hockey up here, but for somebody to come down, (laughs) come back on a, on a deficit like that's always exciting, especially in high school sports because you know how hard those kids are out there working. That's awesome. 
Yeah, so for Coeur d'Alene Charter, they they just keep rolling along. They're five and zero, still undefeated. Stacy Smith is a, is a great coach and and leads that that program. So that was really exciting to see. And then in volleyball last night, you had the big crosstown game, Coeur d'Alene against Lake City, and Lake City jumped out to a two nothing lead, winning the first two sets. Uh, but Coeur d'Alene rallied back in one sets three, four, and five to complete the three to two comeback. And as soon as they scored the uh, the game winning or the match point in that fifth and final set, all the fans like stormed the court as well oh, and started mobbing uh, the volleyball players at, at Coeur d'Alene Heights. So and that was really cool to see too. As long as nobody got trampled, that's that's awesome. Those are always fun. I was a part of one of those. Uh, we had what was called the Golden Throne when I was at East Valley. It was East Valley versus West Valley. And we had a we had a buzzer beater. I think it was my sophomore year of high school and everybody stormed the court. So I was, I was lucky enough to be on the bench and be kind of part of it. So that was kind of fun, but yeah, that's Coeur d'Alene always, always coming back and being the powerhouse, everything. Gosh, I know. It's like, come on, let somebody else do the turn. Uh, <laughs> right. it, was, it was just really cool to see him storm the court after a volleyball match. Uh, you know, a lot of it was those football players from Coeur d'Alene, of course, right. taking in a game on a weeknight. But yeah, in, in the uh, Inland Empire League right now for volleyball, uh, you've got Post Falls as the top team. They're 9-2 and two overall, 4-0 and oh in the conference. Uh, Coeur d'Alene is in second place, three and three overall, but two and three in the conference. And then Lake City, you know, they're eight and two overall, but both of their losses have come to post falls and Coeur d'Alene. So they're in third place at one and two. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Talking about some of that in the, the Intermountain League stuff up here with how that battle is going to be for the top three positions in the football league. That's that's three schools like they're right there battling it out as well for the volleyball. That's 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 huge. I know my I've got a 12 year old. She, she's at post falls middle school. She's playing volleyball right now for her first time ever. So I know I'll be getting more involved with the volleyball scene here in post falls. So that's always cool to see. Yeah. Post falls is having a really strong season and um, weren't uh, too highly regarded in the preseason. So it's always nice when these teams can kind of emerge from the shadows and, yeah. and really step into the limelight. So, so that's kind of just a couple of random thoughts I had on some non-football stuff and, I guess if we're going to start the football conversation with what happened last week, I think we have to start with Coeur d'Alene, right? Because they had not not one, but two games canceled on them. Yeah, that's that was rough. I was I was really looking forward, not trying to be biased or anything, but I was really looking forward to that Coeur d'Alene Mountsville can game. I was I was clearing my schedule for Saturday, and then for that not to happen, I've got I've got so many kids that play on both teams. I've got connections on coaching staffs and everything. That's that's honestly that would have been. I know Ryan said the Coeur d'Alene Sandpoint game was the biggest one in the area, but for a cross border, oh, that's a that's a big one. That's hard to beat. Yeah, so so Coeur d'Alene was originally going to play West Valley from Yakima, and they had COVID problems and had to cancel. And we recorded the the podcast last week, Craig, and Coeur d'Alene still hadn't filled that open slot. And then, like literally hours after we recorded, it was announced, "Yeah, wow. we're going to play Mount Spokane." And this was kind of like late Thursday night, early Friday morning. And so I'm like, "Well, let me hastily record an intro and say." Hey, Coeur d'Alene's going to play Mount Spokane. It's going to be awesome. And then that game ended up getting canceled like Friday afternoon as well. So it was really a bummer that we didn't get to see that. Uh, what what kind of team is Mount Spokane? They're they're really explosive. Um, honestly, they've got a lot of returners both sides of the ball. Um, their skill positions they're they're full. But I think one one part one position that's really underlooked special teams, and they've got probably the best kicker. In my opinion, I haven't seen every kicker. I mean, that's not a highlighted position that I go recruiting and scouting at all. So uh, they've got a kid, Ethan Machalski, is uh, committed to Texas A&M. 
big time kicker. So they've got a stud at every position. They've got some two wide receivers that are absolute standouts. Uh, Jordan Sands, who's uh, trying to get some attention from D1 schools. I know he'll be playing at the next level. Uh, they've got a kid, Aiden Prado, uh, a safety nickel type kid who's just a super athlete, plays with great attitude, flies all over the field. Um, and then their quarterback, uh, Kellen Flanagan. He was a transfer from Meade High School, um, started last year, had some some def- decent playing time, and then he's kind of looking to take the reins as hopefully the top QB in Spokane. I know Luke Abchard would probably have something to say about that, but there's there's some studs on that team, man. So I was really looking forward to, to Coeur d'Alene, Mount Spokane, honestly. Ah, I, was, I was pretty pretty bummed to, to see it get canceled, but... Yeah, yeah, it was it was a bummer for sure, and that would have been a fun game. But instead, Coeur d'Alene just gets a week off and a chance to try and improve on things in practice. So we had five matchups last week between schools from Idaho taking on schools from Washington, and Washington won the battle 3-2. to two. Uh, So let's talk about the Idaho teams that were uh, successful first, and it was two of the bigger schools. We talked about Post Falls and how they had gotten off to an 0-2 start, and it wasn't going to get any easier with Moses Lake coming to town. But Post Falls performed really well in a 42-26 to win. It was nice to see the Trojans get the offense going a little bit finally against a really good team from Washington. Yeah, they, they finally got they got rolling. Um, I, was, I was a little surprised to see um, Moses Lake not keep it a little bit closer. Like I said on the on the podcast last week, we've got they've got they're always a solid program. I know they, they tried to get the running game going, but Jackson Anderson had a, had a good night. Uh, Cole Cripps, who's a linebacker DN type of kid for Post Falls, he actually had a, just an outstanding game for Post Falls, I thought, on defense. Um, but they, they, they spread the ball around a little bit more offensively, I thought. Um, we were able to work a few more players in, but it was nice to see him get a few more por- points on the board. But, you know, they'll, we'll see this this week's going to be a, a tough, tough matchup. <laughs> Yeah, well, and we'll talk about the games that are coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, post falls. We talked about how the offense uh, had the potential, and could they just finally get it put together? And and we finally saw the run game. Jacob Sullivan had a really nice game on the ground with three rushing touchdowns. Uh, ended up rushing for 187 yards on 33 carries. I think Coach Bennett wants to be a team that can run the football and set up the passing game through the run. And he stuck with it those first two games, even though the the fruits didn't bear out. And finally we saw it in a game here. I think if they can get Sullivan going like that every week, post falls is going to be really tough to stop. Yeah. They, they ended up having to put more guys in the box and then they're, they're able to spread the ball around a little bit more. I know Myers number eight for post falls had a good game. Um, didn't just put all the pressure on Tucker, the wide receiver to transfer from Meade. So more guys getting touches and then, Build build the offense off of the running game. I know a lot of schools will try to build the run game off the pass game or pass game off the run game, vice versa. You got to do it fits your your players and your team. Um, and sometimes that that takes tweaking the tweaking the scheme a little bit. Yep, for sure. The other team that was successful uh, in the Idaho Washington battle was Lakeland High School, and they came out and really delivered over West Valley uh, from Spokane, forty two to thirteen. It was nice to see the Hawks. Uh, bust out the offensive points as well yeah i was i was able to be at that one i was excited to go because i actually work with both the quarterbacks on both those teams but lakeland came out and i i felt like they actually they had the run game going uh john cornish had three touchdowns off the top of my head i don't remember how many yards exactly he had but he had a great night he was he was our inland northwest football player of the game but the defense played a heck of a game uh connor moore 
had, I believe, 13 tackles on defense. The defense looks really stout for Lakeland. That's that's going to be that's going to be a big positive for them. Um, I know they're undersized, but they're not under hard. They're they play tough. They've got a lot of speed. Um, Cody Morse, who actually plays corner, and he's he's probably the smallest kid in the league, the smallest starting kid in the league. And I, I know West Valley had some explosive plays when they tried to go up top on Cody. Uh, made a couple plays, but he's battling every ball. Um, but then again, you know, West Valley has a six foot five kid playing against a, a five foot two corner. You gotta you gotta go up top on him every once in a while. And they were did. West Valley was successful on some plays. Um, but I think, like I said, West Valley is down a little bit. They've got a, a group of, you know, a lot of younger guys. They do have some senior leadership, but it is a down year for West Valley, which will still be a really positive year for them. But yeah, Lakeland, I thought I thought they did a great job running the ball. They looked they looked really um, in sync. They looked like they were smooth. Um, communication looked great. Devin Suko led the offense really well. I thought uh, finally got Alden Waddington, the big six foot five receiver, involved a little bit. He had a touchdown. And then uh, Richie Thomas, I thought, had the play of the night. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch it on video. I try to video every play um, while I'm down there on the sideline walking around. But Devin hit him on a quick slant from the right side there on the boundary, and Richie caught it and took it about 65 the rest of the 70 yards to the touchdown. And he was – I mean, he showed his track speed. They, they've got a, a four-by team at Lakeland that is all four football kids. And when they touch the ball, get that ball in their hands, they explode. So it was, it was nice to see an explosive play. I know Richie was really happy with that one. It was good to see. So Lakeland with another big one. Um, that was that was really good to see them. Yep, it was a nice win for sure. And then let's talk about the Washington teams that got the upper hand on the Idaho schools. Um, so we talked about how uh, Lake uh, City was going to have to travel all the way over to Seattle to play yeah. Garfield High. And that was Gar- – I mean, I don't know what the Seattle – prep football scene is like but garfield looked pretty good in a 42 to 2 win the only points for lake city came on a safety in the first half yeah there <laughs> it was it was definitely a rough outing and i i know just just by the scouting the other teams that are playing the teams in the area you know the mountain size and the north creeks um they've got some big big time teams big time dudes big time programs so just for lake city to be able to compete against a team like garfield um I know that's a long trip going all the way over there and playing, but that's an even longer trip coming back when you when you get when you get beat by forty. So hopefully they turn things around this week. I know they've got a, a good scouting report on Moses Lake, so we will see how that one goes. Yeah, I guess the one positive I would say for Lake City was the the score was only fourteen to two at halftime, right? And so maybe they just wore out against that big, bigger Garfield team in the second half. But to, to play well for a half and really almost three quarters was an encouraging sign for Lake City, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, hopefully it'll be something rolling into next week. They've got to get that turned around quick. Yep, that's right. Uh, at the 2A level, you had uh, – well, let's do the 3A. At the 3A level, you had Priest River uh, hosting Newport. And we talked about how Priest River's got a lot of young guys, you know, a lot of freshmen yeah. and sophomores and – Still trying to figure it out. Newport came over and won 48 to 8. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Priest River can rebound from this one because we, we you know, we coming in, we thought Newport was an okay team. Um, but Priest River is just so young right now. Yeah, apparently they got they got some they like I said, they, I know they've got a couple dudes up at Newport. Um, I did not watch the film on that one, but yeah, that's that's always a rough outing. Hopefully, hopefully they get things rolling. Like you said, they they are a young team, so Hopefully, I believe is now. Don't get me wrong. Is Orville a drop down in classification for them? 
that I'm not sure about. I, I haven't checked what how Washington okay. schools stack up in terms of where they because that one that one I'm not too familiar with. Right. So, yeah, we would have to double check that and see. But uh, and then the last game uh, at the two A level, you had St. Mary's hosting Freeman. Uh, the Scotties came over and uh, defeated St. Mary's. It was a Saturday game. It was originally scheduled for Friday. I think they moved it to Saturday, but yeah. 42 to six. And again, I think St. Mary's is one of these teams. If you just looked at their record and said, yeah, they're 0 and three um, doesn't yeah. indicate how talented that team is when they've played Kellogg and then two teams from Washington, Lakeside and Freeman. But I think, yeah, they, I, I think honestly, in my opinion, they've played three of the best teams in their respective divisions. Honestly, Kellogg, from what I've seen on film and I've talked about it before um, with the twins, <laughs> they're, they're probably, they're my pick in that division. Uh, and then obviously lakes out of the Washington, they've got another big time quarterback, Cole Hunsacker, and then Freeman using another big, big quarterback bone Phelps. And they've got, they've got some dudes on that Freeman team. Like I thought, like I talked about, they've got a lot of basketball kids that are multi-sport athletes that, that transfer over to the football field. They, yeah. They have a place for them. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think St. Mary's is okay. You know, they're 0-3, but yeah. um, plenty of time to turn it around still. So, um, Other games that were interesting, uh, let's let's start with uh, Kellogg. They had a nice 32-7 to win over Orofino. Orofino is a team that's trying to find its footing. That's a 3A versus a 2A, but uh, Kellogg 3-0, you can't argue with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't talk about the Luna brothers enough, honestly, man. I mean, between Ripley and, and Colby, they, they're – they're just in sync. And then once you, once you think you have them stopped, you look at Merrick or you look at any other other weapons that they have on offense and they got two way guys that step up and make plays all the way around. So it's, that's going to be a very solid team. I believe it's going to go. I don't, like I said, I don't know many of the teams down in that area at that level, but for a team at that level up here, those that that's a solid team. Well, I will say that Timberlake and Bonner's Ferry still want to have something to say about that. Uh, Bonner's <laughs> Ferry went, went over to Libby and uh, play, played the Libby Loggers in Montana, and uh, that's a team that's a uh, higher level. They would be like a 4A school in Idaho, and they yeah. won that game 7 to nothing. They're 2-1. and one. And then Timberlake maybe had the most impressive performance going to right. Moscow and winning 19-16. to 16. Yeah, and Moscow's been, Moscow's been impressive at times to me. Uh, Leon Hutton is their quarterback. He's he's really athletic. They've got a couple kids that are at the athlete position that are making plays, always in the running for player of the week in my opinion. And then the Ellis brother, they've they've always got the Ellis kids that are just out there making plays too. So Moscow is definitely a tough team. And for Timberlake to come in and at nineteen to sixteen, I believe was the final on that. I mean, and that's taken a, a step up in in level two. So that's Timberlake's always a tough play for those for those for those teams. So. That's good. Yeah, I I think Timberlake and Bonnersfair are definitely going to have a say with Kellogg in that in that division. But and we'll see how things pan out. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, a couple of eight man scores the the one A level. Wallace defeats Kootenai thirty eight to fourteen because there's not many teams that play eight man football up in District One. Uh, you see teams play each other twice a lot. So like Wallace had already beaten Kootenai once this year. They beat him for the second time now, 38 to 14. And then a team we didn't talk about too much last week. And and when we got done, we're talking post uh, production. You were like, man, I really wanted to talk about Mullen St. Reed just a little more because they got some dudes. Uh, they, they looked pretty good over Lakeside 72 to 20. The Tigers come out and win. They they are a solid squad, man. If they can stay healthy, I know I know their running back Adam Ball got dinged up their first game, um, but he is probably 
in my opinion. He's born, he's got to be one of the top football players athletes period in the state the kid is just a beast and then I, the trogdon brothers they they've got athletes they've got dudes around him so it'll, it'll be interesting to see i'm excited and i know we're, we're not talking about games yet but i'm excited for the matchup coming up this week that'll be a good one for him that'll be fun to see yeah well that's a perfect transition because that was the last game to, to cover yep. from last week so let's let's transition over to what we're going to see this week we'll start at the 1a level and work our way back up to the 5a so let's talk about mullen st regis uh looks like they're going to host wallace uh, that's going to be a fun matchup, but I think Mullen should be favored there. I, I believe so too. I just think Wallace is going to have Wallace is going to have some some cockiness, hopefully, and they're coming in undefeated. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I believe they're are they three and zero right now? Uh they're t- two and one. Two and one. Oh, well, strike that. I thought they were undefeated. <laughs> hopefully, <That's right. laughs> hopefully they put up a fight. I I think I think it should be a good match there. You know, it's got to be a little bit of rivalry there with with how far those two schools are away from each other too. So with Mullen and Wallace being that close. Yes, there's no love lost between those schools. Last year, Mullen's uh, girls basketball team made it to state for the first time in, in quite some time. And I was talking to their coach a little bit, and she goes, yeah, our toughest games of the year were to that other school down the road. And I was like, <laughs> well, you'll have to you'll have to elaborate because I, like, I don't I, I don't know what school you're referring to. And she just said Wallace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got my, my buddy Stetson Spooner is actually the head coach out at, at Mullen. And, I know he's he's a great coach, um, great leader for those guys. I know they've caught in and bought into everything he's preaching and teaching those guys out out there. And I'd love to see that team keep keep rolling, stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. They're going to be a fun team to watch, and I think they could go really, really deep into the into yeah. the one A D two playoffs this year for sure. Uh, other one A games that are uh, taking place: you've got Clark Fork two and zero. They had the week off last week, uh, playing Lakeside at one and two. That could be an interesting game. I'm not sure who I would like there because I think both teams have potential um, maybe Lakeside slightly just because they're a D one school compared to Clark Fork, which is a D two school, but uh, the Wampus cats will try and start three, and zero for the first time in a while uh, moving up to the two a ranks. You've got uh, St. Mary's hosting Lakeland in kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, usually you play one level above or below. You don't jump two levels very often. Yeah. And that's, I hate to see this for St. Mary's, and I'm not trying to come into this bias that I, by any means for Lakeland, but Lakeland's kind of on a roll right now, and St. Mary's coming in 0-3. This is kind of a – I know it's still a non-league match for them, and this does – it's kind of still preseason. Hopefully they come out of it healthy. Maybe they can get some things rolling, get some points on the board. Um, but for me, I, I'd love to see Lakeland just keep rolling. Um, hopefully, you know – don't roll the score too high, but let some of those younger guys maybe get some reps to see what we've got coming in over the next couple of years. Because I know Kaysen Loudsenheiser, who's the junior quarterback, is just itching to pull the trigger at quarterback behind Devin Suko. So I'd love to see some of those younger guys get some reps for Lakeland. Well, I know he's played a little bit already this year. Yes, Devin Suko was banged up a little bit uh, yep. a couple of games ago. So in uh, St. Mary's, you know, it's going to be tough could very well be looking at an 0-4 start halfway through their schedule, which is, yeah. we said okay still, but but then they're really putting all their eggs into the basket of got to win the conference to get to the playoffs. Yeah. So. Coach, Coach Teff's one of the best coaches in, in the area, so I mean, he's he's going to get the guys going the right way once it is time to you know lock down and, and get those Ws. Yep, for sure. Intermountain League action, uh, you've got Priest River hosting uh, Oroville High from Washington. We talked about Bonners Ferry is going to travel to Orofino to play the Mayaks. Bonners Ferry should come out of that with a three and one record. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got 
Kellogg playing kind of an interesting game. They're playing yeah. the Sandpoint JV, which actually should be a pretty good test. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. I don't I don't, I don't know too many of the the JV kids for Sandpoint. I know I know quite a few of the the varsity kids, but yeah, that'll be interesting. I know for me, if I was at Kellogg, if I'm Ripley Luna, I don't take that as a as a disgrace, but I'm looking I'm looking at that as a challenge. I'm looking at that as a challenge to say, hey, I want the respect of playing a varsity team, honestly. And you know, putting me with the JV team, I know I know it's going to match up size wise. Is where it's really going to, you know, make the biggest difference and see how they can match up size wise. But I want to show off, you know, what we can do as a team and really put something together. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Sandpoint's got coming over the next couple of years, um, going up against a like I've been saying a solid Kellogg team. So that'll be that'll be really interesting to see the film on that one. Yep. And then the final uh, IML game, uh, Timberlake is going to host Colville High. Now, that was the team that was supposed to play Sandpoint last week, and they had to cancel. And so I'm not yeah. sure. I haven't seen anything official yet. That game is still, it looks like, scheduled to, to go on. But um, maybe keep an eye on that one as Colville High, I think, is having some COVID issues from the state of Washington. So Yeah, I know they're originally scheduled to play Connell, I believe. Um, and then they canceled it, and now it's Colville. So hopefully, hopefully they'll get something going in. So those are those are two decent opponents. I know Col- Connell would have been a huge, big time opponent uh, for Timberlake. Colville, hopefully, can get something rolling because that's that's always tough to see a team lose out on a game, especially somebody like Timberlake who's coming off of a big time win like we talked about last week over Moscow. Right, for sure. Uh, and then if we look at the four A level, uh, Lakeland is going to St. Mary's as we already mentioned. And this is an interesting game too. Sandpoint is going to travel all the way to Homedale, which is not close <laughs> at all. Yeah. Homedale is a three A school. Uh, they're the two time uh, state runner up in the three A classification. They're three and zero, and this should be a really good test for the for the Bulldogs. I like what Sandpoint's doing because you know when the playoffs roll around, at some point yeah. they're going to have to travel somewhere that's far away, and so I like them having this road trip here. Yeah, play play up. They played up against Post Falls. Um, this is obviously a big time competition going down to Homedale. I know they've got a, a big time running back, Hayden Kinchelo. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a stud. <laughs> he's, he's a stud. So we'll see. Um, I liked what, I liked what Sandpoint did against, uh, Coeur d'Alene defensively. And that was obviously without Gunnar Julio in the last half of that game, but they were able to contain, uh, Robert Collier. So we'll see, we'll see what Sandpoint can do, um, defensively and, and, Obviously, I'm always excited to see what they can do with Parker Pettit and and Garrett Cox. So, good luck to them traveling all the way down there. For sure. And then the three 5A schools in the uh, Inland Empire League are all playing Washington opponents. So, again, I think this is why you're a perfect guest here because you can tell us what kind of competition this is going to be. Let's start with Lake City. They're going to host Moses Lake, a team that just got uh, you know trounced pretty badly by Post Falls. How do you like Lake City and how they might match up with Moses Lake? Well, like I said, I, I think they're going to have some good film coming in. They'll have a good scouting report coming into this. Um, it's, it's They've got to have a bounce-back week. As long as they're healthy, um, that's hard for Moses Lake to travel all the way out here twice, too. Two straight weeks, going two post-falls and coming back out here to pretty much just past post-falls again. Um, so that'll, that'll be a tough one for them. But I know they're both looking to bounce back and get some Ws, so we'll see. We'll see. That'll be That'll be an interesting matchup. Then you've got Post Falls, who got their first win of the season. They're they're traveling to uh, play Mount Sai in a neutral site game. Now, 
the last time I checked, it was going to be played at Central Washington University at Ellensburg, but that but that could have changed. But it's going to be kind of a meet in the middle type game. Where where is Mount Sai from? So Mount Sai is just on the other side of the pass. Um, if you've ever been to the outlet malls going into Seattle, um, it's just after you come out of Snoqualmie Pass. Um, it's in Snoqualmie, so just this side, about half hour, forty five minutes um, east of Seattle. Um, outside they've they've had the last few years they've had a couple quarterbacks come out of there uh the millen brothers who have gone on to play at oregon um so they're they're a solid solid program uh their facilities at that school are absolutely amazing they've got a a great great setting great view um and i know they're coming off of a a couple big games they played federal way which is a, a solid program and yelm who's one of the top programs over there and they're they've they're always playing big time programs so this will (laughs) be this is another huge test like you talked about that some of these coaches the 80s in these schools set their teams up for success in the postseason with some of these i believe as long as you can stay healthy um and put up some stuff and i'm I'm not counting post falls out of this game at all uh, just because you never know it looks like they got some stuff turned around hopefully they can get some stuff clicking but Mount Sai is going to be a tough one. That'll be good. It'll be interesting to see if they can have that neutral side as well. I know that'll that'll help only going to Ellensburg. Um, it gives you it's about an hour less travel probably, but I think it's it's a little little extra. Make Mount Sai have to travel a little bit. They can get on a bus. Yeah, right. <laughs> why why shouldn't they? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. And then the last game is uh, Coeur d'Alene. They're also hitting the road. They're going to travel to North Creek High School. Yeah. Uh, what, do, what do we know about North Creek? I, I mean, if they're on Coeur d'Alene's schedule, I have to assume they're pretty good. <laughs> so North Creek's at, they're out of the Bothell area, which is just north of Seattle, uh, about half hour, 45 minutes. Uh, they're in a big time league over there as well uh, with Woodenville, who's always, you know, state champion contenders on the 4A level. But they just came off of two big ones. They're 2 0. They played Lakewood. It beat them 59 to 35. And then River Ridge, two solid programs, uh, 34 to 12. So double digit wins, back to back games. And North Creek's got a, a solid program. So we'll see. Coeur d'Alene, that'll be a tough test. So two weeks to kind of prepare and heal up um, after a, a slug fest with Sandpoint. So hopefully they've got everybody back and healthy and get things go- rolling against North Creek. That'll be an exciting game. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, to see how our Idaho teams continue to do against some of the top teams from Washington. It's going to be another fun slate of games. Craig, thanks for helping us break it down a little bit, especially when it comes to the to those Washington schools that we may not know as much about. Uh, it's really good to have your expertise knowing both areas so well. So, No, of course. I, I love being on. I love being able to chat football anytime and look forward to doing the fish year again. Yep. All right. That sounds like a plan. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. And thanks for tuning into another edition of the North Idaho Prepcast. You can get the audio for this podcast at idahosports.com, along with wherever you download your podcasts. You can also catch the video of this. Uh, you're only going to see me. <laughs> we don't have Craig on video. <laughs> um, but uh, if you want to see what uh, I'm doing or what I'm wearing, uh, you can catch the video of this on uh, the idahosports.com Facebook page, as well as our YouTube channel. So a lot of ways to get this content. Um, Craig, uh, are you going to be at any games this Friday night? What's on your agenda? Yeah, so tomorrow night I will I will be – actually, I'll be at Freeman High School that we've talked about a few times. Uh, they're playing Deer Park, so I've got two quarterbacks battling it out uh, tomorrow night. And then Friday I've, I've, I've got things up in the air. I've got a few games that I'm, 
I'm not sure. And also the weather's looking like it's not going to hold up very well. There might be a, a downpour Friday night. So being able to stream and watch some, some live games at home is always nice with the family having four or five games going at a time, but I always love being on the sidelines. So we'll see. Um, I'm always tweeting live and a lot of times I'll, I'll get on Instagram and start live video, especially when there's red zone type of stuff. So we'll see what happens. Good luck everybody Friday night. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, for Craig Shaver, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning into the North Idaho Prepcast on IdahoSports.com.